<laughs> That's my cue. Um, good to be with you tonight. Uh, happy almost end of classes. Um, uh, almost um, uh, reading period and exams. Uh, that's just, you know, decades um, at Princeton, 20 years at Princeton. It's hard to believe anything would ever change, but here it's changed. We have a different schedule. And uh, Thanksgiving, you're almost done. Uh, the end is in sight. And we've been doing last week and this week, a two-week series on Thanksgiving. Uh, on point for the holiday for Thursday, a 2.2. That's where we got it from, yes. A uh, two-week series on Thanksgiving out of Psalm 147. And, you know, if you have a physical Bible or even just an electronic version of the Bible yourself, if you want to open to that, um, that would help you. Uh, I think, um, to Psalm 147. And I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read the whole Psalm and uh, say a few things, particularly about uh, following up on what Chris led off with last week, a few things, particularly about being thankful in the midst of difficulty and what that looks like to be thankful in the midst of difficulty. So let me, uh, you can follow along with me uh, in Psalm 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, uh, you know, I want to lead the, the classic question you asked at Thanksgiving. Maybe your family does this over Thanksgiving dinner. What are you thankful for this year? Right? You've probably been asked that already. You'll be asked it again. And it's a good question to ask. What are you thankful for? What's your... What's your go-to thing that you mention? Um, what will you say if you're asked that on Thursday? Uh, what are you thankful for? There's that exhortation there in verse 12, um, uh, or, or rather verse 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Right? Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. The posture of the, the believer, the Christian believer, is one of thankfulness. That's the baseline. That's where, I mean, where the ultimately, of course, where the holiday of Thanksgiving comes from. The posture, the baseline attitude of the Christian is thankfulness. And we, you know, we retain that to some degree, even in the, the secular aspects of our culture. There's, there's an attitude of gratitude. You know, how can you live a life of gratitude? It's not necessarily specified to whom, who are you grateful to? What are you, 
um, to, to what, to whom or to what are you grateful? But that is retained, you know, it's, there's clear evidence. People who have, who have a thankful posture are happier, more resilient in the face of difficulty than people who are, um, who have nothing good to say, who are only self-centered. But I want to ask, so these, these verses, the, uh, this, this psalm, it's one of the five psalms of, of benediction, of, of praise that end the Psalter. Right? The Psalter, I mean, each psalm is sort of a one-off, but there is actually a trajectory. There's a clear trajectory to the Psalter. There's, there is a clear structure. And these five psalms at the end, 146 to 150, they all, they all share something in common. Um, they start the first, the first word of each psalm there. It's, it's rendered praise the Lord. That word is hallelujah. And it's there at the end as well, at the end of verse uh, of Psalm 147 and verse 20. Praise the Lord. That's the word hallelujah in Hebrew. Why we render it in English, praise the Lord, in all these psalms. That's 146 through 150. They all begin and end with the, the, the word hallelujah. And we have that word in English. It means the same thing in English as Hebrew. We borrowed it straight. In the Greek trans, ancient Greek translation, they said hallelujah. In the Latin translation, they said hallelujah. Um, and then did the rest. But in English, somehow we got into the habit of translating it, praise the Lord, which is what it means, of course. Praise the Lord. But hallelujah. If you're the sort who's content to change the wording in your Bible and you have a physical Bible, this is the kind of thing you could, you could write next to it, praise the Lord. The word hallelujah, that first and last phrase uh, in this psalm, indeed in each of these last five psalms in the Psalter. And this is the question I want to ask, not so much what are you thankful for, uh, but what makes you say hallelujah? What makes you say hallelujah? Maybe you've never had that experience, right? Hallelujah. Well, it's different from I'm thankful for. This is sort of like a limited sense. Well, I'm thankful in the abstract for, you know, well, that I have a, a roof over my head and a mask to wear when I go out. And, you know, I was able to buy the bounty selecticize, um, uh, uh, paper towels, you know, and I, uh, that had been out of stock. These are, these are things that I'm thankful for, but hallelujah that, you know, bounty selecticize paper towels. That's not a hallelujah kind of thing. At least, you know, that's not normally like what hallelujah, you know, I have, I have the right kind of paper towels that are absorbent. <laughs> what do we say hallelujah for? Well, the, psalm, the psalmist has plenty of sing, things to say hallelujah for. There's a lot in this psalm. Chris, uh, just as a reminder and a reiteration of what's here, you know, why, why is the psalmist saying hallelujah? I mean, it, even there in verse one, it is good to sing praises. It is pleasant. It is fitting. A song of praise is fitting. Like, why do we sing uh, praise to God? It is pleasing. It is fitting. It is good to say hallelujah to the Lord. And what are some of the reasons given? Well, verse two and three, God is a redeemer. And this, you know, this psalmist, this is not, this is not hallelujah because my life has been perfect. This is often where I think the, the, um, it's possible when you're young to start in this way, hallelujah, because so far life is smooth and nothing bad has happened, or I've been, you know, everything has ended up with a success, but this is a hallelujah. This is, you know, the trajectory of the Psalms. Most of the Psalms are lament. Most of them are crying out to God in the midst of difficulty, but they have a trajectory to praise. They don't start from, oh, I had no trouble, and then end with lament as you get older. They start with the people of Israel have so much trouble. They've been in exile. These are psalms written 
here at the end of the Psalter, after exile, what do you see in verse two and three? The Lord builds up Jerusalem. This is a literal, this is a metaphor. This is Jerusalem was destroyed and we've been brought back. You know, if you've read Ezra and Nehemiah, the people have come back from exile in, in Babylon, from exile in Persia. They have come back and the city has been rebuilt. The temple has been rebuilt. The wall has gone back up. Right when he will strengthen your gates down in verse 13, those are literal gates that they built a sword in, a, in one hand to, def, to defend the city and, a, and, a, and a, a shovel in the other hand as they build the wall. And so they know they knew what it is to be exiles and to be redeemed. They were outcasts. They were broken hearted and they were healed, outcasts and gathered, broken hearted and healed. They were wounded and their wounds were bound up, wounded physically and spiritually and emotionally in every way wounded. But yet God bound their wounds. And where does that, that trust in God as a redeemer it comes from? They will be recognized God has created the world versus four and five. He determined the number of the stars. He, he's, he's, he's blessed us with bounty versus 13 and 14. Uh, made peace within our borders, filled us with the finest wheat. He has authority over his creation. His command goes out, verse 15, to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He controls the snow and the ice right? He's given us his word, verses 19 and 20, his, his revelation he's given to his people, that they may know his, his just decrees and follow them. And verse 6, he's, he's a deliverer. He lifts up the humble, and he's a judge. He casts down the wicked. So even in the face of difficulty, we know there is ultimately a righteous judge who will deliver us, who will lift up those who are broken down, those who are afflicted and who will cast down those who are proud. And so the psalmist has abundant reasons, not just to be thankful in the way we usually use the word, but to say hallelujah. God is in control. He's created the world. He governs it. He's given us his word. He's blessed us with all abundance. He's gathered us back from exile. He's rebuilt his city, Jerusalem. He's our deliverer and our judge. And he's given us reason to make melody, verse 7. Uh, make melody to our God on the lyre. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody with the lyre. That guitar, guitar, I guess, is our lyre. Someone needs to start a bring lyre back movement in contemporary worship. Um, pull in new songs to the lyre. No, guitar works. Uh, play, uh, sing praise to God with all that you have, with your voice, with your instruments, with all that you have. Be thankful. And so, you know, I think about this, it's like, how does uh, Ryan McDowell, you know, I was meeting with him this morning, and he was, you know, he was raising the example of Daniel and Daniel's friends uh, in the book of Daniel, and they were so young, and yet had such conviction, right? They faced so much persecution, and yet they were un, un, undaunted, unafraid. Their, 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 um, uh, their, their fundamental joy, their hope, their conviction could not be changed by what happened outside of themselves. And how does that happen? How do we get to that place that even in the midst of difficulty, how do we get to the place of the psalmist that even, even for those who've been in exile, that we can say, nonetheless, I give praise to God. We can say hallelujah. We can say it in song. We can say it with instruments. We can say it as a people together. You know, verse 12, it's a plural thing. Praise is plural. It's done together. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise uh, your God, O Zion. It's the whole city, the whole people of God raise up their voices in praise how can we get there in the midst of difficulty how can we be like daniel shadrach meshach and abednego or how can we be like you know i think of 
older saints uh, that I knew, you know, I, in my in my mother's family or like Christina's grandmother, you know, it's the her uh, Christina's grandmother, my wife in in Korea, you know, and she came of age in the 1930s in Korea under under the Japanese occupation, and then you know World War II ended, and then they had the Korean War. She lost three of her eight kids to to uh, childhood diseases. You know, they were they they faced starvation at different times. Uh, they faced um, refugee status um, during all that. So much difficulty. And yet you look, you look at those old, uh, older generation like that, and you saw in her a kind of faith that was resilient, a kind of thankfulness that was lacking in the younger generations who had it so much easier. You saw that the, the, that testing had, had uh, purified the faith of, uh, that was in her the faith in God. She was, you see this in verses 10 and 11, the central verse, you know, his delight, God's delight is not in the strength of the horse or in the legs of the man. It's not in how strong you are, how fast you run, how smart you are, how talented you are. This is not the delight of God, but rather the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him in those who hope in his steadfast love. And so just reflecting on that, what does it look like for us to have thanksgiving to say hallelujah in the midst of difficulty. And I think it comes from, we're, we're asking the question, where does your heart lie? When, when the difficulty comes, when the pressure comes, we have to say, where does my hope lie? What do I fear? What am I, what am I afraid of? And this is the promise of, well, the scripture, the promise of the Psalm, the promise of the whole scripture is that those who fear the Lord, which is, which is a way of saying uh, nothing else, everything else is as nothing compared to God. God is the one who is sovereign and in control, but also who, who hope in the Lord. I know that his steadfast love is sure. I mean, the Israelites, they were gone 70 years in exile. He brought them back. Look at the work he has done in his people, in his church over 2000 years. Just in, in the PCF in Princeton since 1931, just in uh, uh, us through the time of COVID, here in 2020. Look what God has done in his steadfast love. Look, look at what Christ has done on the cross in dying for our sins. And if your heart is captured by that, you've come to the cross like the pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress and the burdens of your sin have been taken away and you feel the freedom that is in Christ, the freedom from what, what was formerly enslaving you, the freedom from uh, 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 sin itself from the desires that controlled your life the freedom to worship god to know god to love god to hope in god to love his people to love even your enemies in that we find reason for thankfulness even in the midst of difficulty we find a hope that is resilient not just resilient but that conquers all the kind of difficulties that come our way we have reason where we can say hallelujah I am in Christ. Can you say hallelujah? I used, to, I used, the, I used this as a, as a metric for, you know, guest speakers um, a, in, at church or, you know, in a Christian conferences or whatnot. It's like, <clears throat> after I hear them speak, this may be bad. I, maybe I shouldn't do this. But I said, you know, if we just invited someone who just stood up and said, Jesus is Lord, and then we all said hallelujah, would that have been better? You know, we bring in some special speaker on some special topic. And sometimes you get a little lost in the weeds and you're like, what was I supposed to learn there? You know, what was that deep insight? We should have just had any random Christian stand up and just say, Jesus is Lord, right? He died for your sins. He's risen. 
we have new life in him, eternal life. And we could all say hallelujah and uh, go on our way rejoicing. Do you know what that is to, to know who, who, who Christ is, to know the Lord, to fear him and to hope in him and to say hallelujah? What, what, are, what are the reasons you have now to say hallelujah? In 2020, in, in fall, as the semester reaches its crescendo of uh, papers, as your independent work deadlines come closer. No, they're not. That's in January. Um, you know, as you, have, as you have this and that assignment to do, as you worry about summer, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many things pressing on us. You know, as COVID rates are so high, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, David's pointing out, no, they're now. As everything presses in, what, but what does that matter? What does that matter? These are merely details of our life, important details, but mere details compared to the love of God for you, compared to what Christ has accomplished on your behalf, in your place on the cross, compared to the blessings that come from being a follower of God. Even all the isolation we feel, all the separation that we feel right now in 2020, what is this if God is with us? And so we can say, hallelujah, 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 he's created the world. Hallelujah, he, he governs it by his word. Hallelujah, he's given his, his word to his people. Hallelujah, he provides for us bountifully beyond that we could, anything we could possibly need. Hallelujah, he delights in our character more than our, 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 our talents, more than our productivity, right? God's love for you is not predicated on your performance at Princeton, uh, on your intelligence, on your, on your job prospects, uh, on whether you're young or whether you're old. God's love, his delight, his pleasure in, is in those who fear him, who's, who hope in his steadfast love. And if you are in Christ, you have abundant reason to hope and to know his steadfast love. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we can spend together. And I thank you, Lord God, that we can say hallelujah if we are in Christ, if we know what it is to, to turn away from our sins, to, to come to an end of ourselves, to come and worship you, to embrace the great gift of your son as Lord and Savior, to walk forward as, 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 as a children, beloved children of God, to, to embrace your people and the, the, uh, to serve faithfully in your kingdom. I pray, Heavenly Father, for each of my, my friends here that they would be able tonight to say hallelujah. For any, for any who don't know what that is, to praise the Lord, that you would speak to them and draw them close to yourself, and that you would open to them um, uh, the wonders of your steadfast love. And Heavenly Father, for all of us, help us to trust in you and to rejoice in you, especially in difficulty, especially in trial, especially in suffering, to cry out and to know with confidence that you deliver, that you have delivered, to know with confidence that you stand as judge and that we can go forward joyful and praising. Our laments, however long they may be, as they were for the, uh, through the book of Psalms, so many psalmists in so many ways had so many laments, yet we know that it ends on a note of praise. So let that be true for us, Heavenly Father. May 2020 end on a note of praise. May each day end for us on a note of praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>